Gemara Pesachim, Daf Lamed Aleph. The Masechet has been dedicated by our good friend Mr. Shalom Benyaminov. La'ilu Nishmat Miriam Bat Zilpa. Tebadil Lachayim, Refuah Shalema Miriam Bat Ima Shalom. Vatzlachat Benem Mishpachto. We begin today's Daf on Lamed Amud Bet. And we're at the Mishnah on the bottom of the Amud. The Mishnah begins... So a goy, nochri, lent a Jew money before Pesach. Okay, so sometimes when you lend money, you want a collateral. So the Jew collateralized his hametz, the Jew's hametz, that is, against the loan, which means if he doesn't pay, the goy could take the hametz. So the stat- question is, what is the status with that hametz? So a Pesach, Mutar So after Pesach, that hametz is permissible behana'a. What's the she'ela? So let's read Rashi over here. Nukhri. Nukhri she'elbat Yisrael ma'ot al-hametzo kodem al-Pesach ve'abar alav al-Pesach mutar behana'a. Ulekameh begamara mukila hino etzlo bebeto v'shoheh etzel ha-Nukhri kol yimot al-Pesach. Okay, so here's the story. So the, the case that the Gemara is going to say is is where actually the Jew gave the Goy the Hametz. So it was in the Goy's possession over Pesach. So he actually like mortgaged it against it and he gave it to the Goy. So it was in the Goy's possession throughout Pesach. And what happened to Kevan? The case is talking about where the loan came to. The Jew didn't pay it, so the Goy doesn't really have to do anything because the Hametz is already by him. So that she says, we look at it as if retroactively the Hametz was his, even before the loan was paid. So therefore it's as if the Hametz was in the possession of the Goy, the whole Pesach. Because already he gave it to him, he said it's against the loan, the Jew didn't pay the loan, the Goy didn't have to do anything. It's, the Hametz is in his house already. So that she tells us, it's as if the, the Goy had it the whole time. So what's the law of Hametz of a Goy? Hametz of a Goy after Pesach is mutar b'hana'ah. Uh, the second case of the Mishnah is V'Yisrael shehilva et nochri al Hametzo. This is a case where the Jew lent money to the Goy before Pesach. Again, and they collateralized the Goy's Hametz. So in this case, Ahara Pesach asud b'hana'ah. Again, if you use the same logic, is that the Goy gave the Hametz to the Jew as the collateral. So it was in the Jew's possession. And therefore, it's considered the hametz of a Jew, and therefore it's going to be a subana rashi, Israel shehilva et anukhri. Nami, kevan dehirhino eslo, matazamane velo pareh, mehaisha atad osveh kamle bishuteh. Right, which means it's already the Jews from the beginning of Pesach. And therefore, it's hametz of a Jew now that went through Pesach, even though, let's say, the loan came due after Pesach. But since at the time that the loan came due, the Hametz is already in the Jew's possession from before, so we look at it as if the Hametz was owned by the Jew from the end, from the onset. When he gave it, the guy gave it to him from the onset. So then for Hametz, She'avar ala Pesach. Okay, those are the two cases that we're going to deal with uh, today. Let me start to give itmar. Ba'al Hov. Okay, so you have over here Ba'al Hov. That's uh, uh, somebody that is owed money, and uh, he has, let's say, a mortgage on the uh, borrower's property. So he's called the Balhov. Abaye Amar le Mafreya Hugove, Verava Amar, 
מכאן ולהבא הוא גובר. זה ג'נרל מחלוקת. Okay, so now it becomes his. Question, when does he take possession of this uh, property that was mortgaged against his uh, debt that is owed to him? So read Rashi, Ba'al Chov. Right there, see, so he's a lender. Right, he says, listen, the guy says, if you, if, uh, if you don't pay me, I don't pay you by this time, you take my property. And what happened? The time came and they didn't pay. So clearly there's no question at this point the property belongs to the, uh, to the, to the creditor. The question is, does it even belong to him from retroactively from the beginning of the loan? So Abaye Amar. Abaye Amar, the Masreya, who go back, give me a toash in Abashav. He got a little tad in the Shash and Elbahu. Well, that's a big hadush of Abaye. We'll see enough coming out. I know you're going to ask me a question. What's the difference when it becomes his? Bottom line, it's his now. You'll see tremendous enough coming out in this. Abaye says retroactively, and Abba says no. Right, the Gibbana says right now. Kol hecha de'agdish love vezabin love. Which means, now let's say, the borrower. Once he mortgages his property against a, a debt that he has, he has no right to make it hegdish. It's not his anymore to make it hegdish. Everybody agrees. And everybody agrees it's not in his right to sell it. Now, even though the debt didn't come due yet, but once it's mortgaged against money that he owes... He loses rights to negotiate with that property in the sense that he cannot make it hegdesh. You can only make things that belong to you hegdesh. This already doesn't belong to you so much because already you put it against a, a loan, the money that you owe. Furthermore, you cannot sell it. And everybody will agree that um, if he sells it, the Baal Hof can go take it. The, the, the sale is not a sale. And if he makes it hegdesh, the hegdesh is not hegdesh. The Malvek can go and take that uh, item. Read Rashi. Right, which means it's it, it's it, to make something hegdesh or to sell it, that's mean you're full of the shoot. to have the ability to exercise that right. It's not in your Rishut. Now, true, Rabbah holds, we don't say retroactively it's considered in the Rishut of the Baal Hof. No, it's in your Rishut until you, you don't make good on your payment, but already since there's a mortgage on it, it already takes away some of your ability to sell it and to make it Hegdesh. Uh, now, the Hadush of the Gemara is that even though technically the Hegdesh should not be a Hegdesh, But the rabbis were concerned 
that if the Malveh or the Malchov is going to come and just take this from Higdesh without redeeming it or making a, uh, uh, a formality of redemption, it'll be a zilzul to Higdesh. People say, what's going on with it? I took something from Higdesh and got paid from it without making a pinyon. Well, really, you don't have to make a pinyon in this case because Higdesh wasn't Higdesh in the first place, but the optics don't look good. So therefore, the rabbis are going to say that the Malveh can get, take that property from Higdesh However, he's got to do a, 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 some sort of a pidyon just for the people, so the people will not uh, think that you're making a zilzul in Hegdesh. So the Gibra says, Let the Malveh come, uparik, and let him come redeem the, uh, the property. We learned to the Mishnah. So let's say a guy, he made a, a mortgage property, Hegdesh. The Mishnah is talking about a case, well, let's say it was worth uh, 90, and uh, he owes the creditor 100. Mosif od dinar. So the creditor has to uh, take a uh, extra dinar, and redeem the properties, and he can take it against his debt. Now, what does he have to do anything? Why does he have to pay even a dinar? The hektesh wasn't hektesh. No, just a symbolic, that's the word, a symbolic pidyon, just so the people do not say, hey, what's going on over here? The guy's taking hektesh as a payment, so let him take a small. you know, token pidyon, just to take care of that. Read Rashi. Ve'atem al ve'u parik. Min ha-hektesh b'tabad mu'at. K'desh lo yomru hektesh o'se b'lo Right, so they don't say. That's the whole key. You don't want people to say, hey, hektesh is being taken uh, without a pidyon. Be'go ve'chobor, he could take his uh, debt. K'deta ma'arachnin, p'erf shuma yitomim. Hektesh b'tish'im mane, v'hayachobor me'a mane, mosif malveze al halva'ato dinar, Right, so he gets 90 basically, or 89 he has because it cost him a dinar. I guess the guy has to pay the rest, but at least he can get paid from Hegdish. Why is the case 90? Yeah, I don't know why the case was like that. I don't know why they made a case that, why don't you just make the case that's worth whatever he, uh, whatever he did. But that is, that's the case that they gave. I guess he'll still owe him 10. He's going to owe him, you know, the rest. He can't just... Uh, He's paying one to the gizbad? Yeah, he pays one to the gizbad, just as a symbolic cake dish. Okay. And that she just uh, uh, says that uh, the case we're talking about over here also is talking about where uh, uh, the hegdesh uh, over here was something that was kedushat haguf. Is that true? Read that she continue for a second. Right. Now, even though Afagaz, ah, so, so later on, it's going to say that once you make something Hegdesh, already it becomes Hegdesh and it, the Shabud goes away. The, the mortgage is nullified. So the Chaura. Sounds like he can make it hikdesh. So the hadush of Rashi is that's only when you're making something that's intrinsic kedusha, like a korban. But something that only has kedusha damim, the mortgage does not go off. And therefore, with Tumar where you made kedusha on karka, karka you cannot bring as a korban. So it doesn't have kedusha taguf. So therefore, the mortgage does not uh, go off that the piece of karka that you made hikdesh. On the contrary, we just tell the um, uh, the malveh pay a dinar just to symbolically get the hikdesh off, and uh, you'll get paid from there. So everybody agrees in that case again uh, that um, uh, if he makes it Hegdesh, the Hegdesh is really not a Hegdesh. 
and therefore the Baal Hof could take it. So where's the argument? So the argument over here is, Kipeligi, where do Abaye and Nava argue? De Zabin Malver. In the case where, let's say, the Malver sold the property. Oh, the Malver, the Malhov uh, uh, sold the property, the lender sold the property before the loan came due. Vekadish Malver. So then the question is, before the loan came due, it really wasn't his. It was, a, it, was a, it was a collateral against the loan if he doesn't get paid. So the she'ela is if, let's say, the malveh sells the property before he gets paid. So there we're going to have the machloket. And then what happened? What happened was the guy didn't end up paying. The guy didn't end up paying. So the question is, if you say retroactively it belongs to him, so the sale was a sale. But if you say that, no, retroactively does not belong to it, it only belongs to you from now, from here on in, so then we had no right to sell it at the time that he did. So Abaye he ended up paying. Rabbi Fulovet did pay. No, then everybody agrees that he had no right to sell it. Uh, that's that's Pashut. That's okay, Pashut. Where the Levet did, did not pay. So then already the question is from what point did the Malver own the property? So if he owned it retroactively, so at the time of the sale, it was his. He had a right to sell it. But if you say he only owns it from the time of default, so then already at the time that he sold it, it really wasn't his to sell. And the Gemara speaks that out. Well, if you say it's the Mafreya, it's the time came of the maturity of the debt, and he didn't pay it. Retroactively, we see that it was in his possession. He had the right to sell it, he had the right to make it Igdesh. But Rabah says, that when the fellow defaults, so the property belongs to the Baal uh, Chod at that point over there, and therefore uh, he has no right to sell it. He has no right to, 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 to make it a Gdesh at that point. Read Rashi Ki Pelige. Ki Pelige, the Atish Malve, Betoch Hazman, at a Karka Hamishubadlo. Below Hektish at a Chod Ela Karka. Right, the Karka. The Hashta, Kishi Hegiazman, Below Pera Oze, the Hubali Botam in Halobe, Josebo Minha Hetesh. Right, which means, which means, I'll tell you, the hashtag is Shigi Azman. Now, when the when the time came, and the guy didn't pay. The question is, if you say it's not a hegdesh, so he could take it. He could take it as payment. Does he have to be put there one dinar? Yeah, he probably, he probably exactly. He probably has to make a, a symbolic. But the point is, if the hegdesh is not a hegdesh, he could take it as payment. Now, if the Hekdesh is a Hekdesh, so he said he, 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 he ruined himself. <laughs> he, he, now he can't get paid from it. So he's got a, he lost his money. The guy didn't pay the debt. He made it Hekdesh. The Hekdesh is a Hekdesh. Can't get paid. But if you hold it's not a Hekdesh, let him take it from Hekdesh. Or, 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 if you hold that the sale is not a sale, so don't let him go to the guy that he sold it to and say the sale wasn't a sale. I'm taking it back. In the case that he made it Hekdesh, it seems, it seems like when he says Chosebo min Hayekdesh that he could just that that, that okay. it's not. It was never made Hayekdesh. Okay, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not making a bet on it. If you have to do symbolic or not, I'll let I'll let you figure that out. That's a side point. Whether you have to make a symbolic dinar or not, we could argue that. Whatever you tell me, I'll accept. The point over here is the point over here is that the Hayekdesh is not a Hayekdesh, and therefore it's not a Hayekdesh. You get paid from it. A question on Nava. A question on Nava. He said that the, the lender could retract on the sale. He sold it 
Uh, if, 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 yeah, because the sale wasn't a sale. It was, he had no right to sell it. But it could have been to the lender. He sold something. Now, after that, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want my money back. It wasn't a sale. He had no right to sell it. That's the point. He had no right to sell it. The Malve wasn't his to sell. Yeah. So I don't know, the guy's selling uh, the Brooklyn Bridge, we call that. He had no right to sell it over there. Why would he sell it? I said, don't tell me why the buyer didn't take his lawyers and investigate if he has a right to sell or not. The, the, the guy sold it, and all of a sudden they find out, hey, maybe the guy sold the ticket to Halakazak Abaye. That uh, the mafreya he owns it, and then they told him no. We go like Rabbi. Barma to Malokit. The Gemara says <coughs> the Gemara is explaining Rabbi's logic. Rabbi's logic uh, makes sense. Again, Rabbi's the opinion that says uh, that what that is from here on in, and therefore the sale is not a sale. It's not retroactively. Why Kivan the idu avale zuze? You know, if the borrower had money at the time that the loan became due. He could have paid him uh, money. So therefore, when, when does this whole thing start to take place? At the time of the maturation of the debt. So the whole, uh, uh, the whole transfer of the property is at the time where he says, well, I don't have the money. Oh, now you don't have the money? Okay, now it goes to the property. So all, all that is happening at the time of maturation. That's Rabbi's logic. Abayah obviously looks at it differently. Abayah says, no, it happens already retroactively. But Abayah says, I don't know why it should happen retroactively. Bottom line, right now, the, the debt is due. If I pay you, the property is not yours for sure. If I pay you right now, the property never goes to you. It, it seems all the transfers should happen at the time of maturation of the, of the debt. Look at that. She came on the ilu. Right. Rabbi, everything says everything happens in real time. Everything happens in real time. Now the debt is due. Okay, you have an option: either pay or I'm taking your land. That's it, right now, not retroactively. Okay. In the case of Rabbah, the Malveh, the Malveh made it Hegdesh. So the Rabbah is saying the Malveh had no right to make it Hegdesh before the maturation of this debt. It was not his to make it Hegdesh. So therefore, Rabbi, yeah. I, I think when the Malveh made it Hegdesh, it's nothing at all. Because according okay, to Okay, wait, 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 I'm not arguing on you. No, no, no. I'm not arguing on you. It's nothing, it's something. But the point is, he can get paid from it. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. It's something, it's something. The point is, it wasn't his to make it Egdesh Mechlal. He doesn't own it at all. Now the Gemara, the Gemara says, now we get to the case of the day, Rabotai. Put on your thinking caps. This is what we came for, for this case. This is a, a real Gemara case. Umi Amar, Rabah's rule, just get Rabah clear. Rabah's saying that everything happens in real time. There's no retroactive at the time that the debt is not paid, that's when the karka belongs to the malveh. Finished. Everything is in real time. The Amar Rabbi Barhamad is going to ask a contradiction. Listen to a story. Reuven shemachar sadeh leshimon. That's easy enough. Reuven sold the field to Shimon beachrayut. Now, what does that mean beachrayut? He basically guaranteed him the field. What does it mean he guaranteed him? He sold it to him. He's guaranteeing it to him. He's telling him that listen. Shimon, if one of my creditors ends up taking that field from you, I guarantee you, I'll pay you. It's title insurance, Rabbi. Uh, today's terminology. Okay, title insurance. Thank Guaranteeing you very much. Title. 
His Gary gave to even a title. I like that. And basically, uh, he's saying that again, I'm selling you the property. But again, somebody might come and take the property. Maybe I have people that I owe money to, and uh, this is uh, debt, uh, mortgaged against it. I'm guaranteeing it to you. That what? If somebody comes and takes that property that I sold it to you, I'll make good. I'm going to pay you. That's the first thing that Uven is obligating himself to Shimon. The second thing is, Uzkafan Alab Bimalveh. Shimon did not pay the Uven. Shimon did not pay the Uven for the property. So therefore, the Uven is coming along to say that this property will be mortgaged against if I don't pay you. So they're both obligating against each other, to each other, I should say. Reuven is obligating himself to Shimon, I owe you, and Shimon is saying, and I owe you, and they're both putting it on the field. Which means, Reuven says, like you call the title insurance, if this field is taken away from you, Shimon, I'll make good, I'll pay you. And Shimon says, well, listen, I owe you money for this field. If I don't pay you, you can take the field. So I'm putting the payment, the field against the, uh, uh, against the payment. Let me read Rashi just to get the case now, Bahrayut. Right, he didn't have any money against it, it was only the field. So he says, if somebody, one of my creditors, the Uven's talking, if one of my creditors comes and takes that field, I'll pay you. Why is that she saying the last line? Which means... Uh, because if there's another property, you could push him to another property once you sold it. I could push the creditor, I could push the Uvin's creditor to a different property if I sold this one. But if it's the only one at the time of the... Of the, of the, of the uh, then you have to pay, then you have to pay money. He has no choice. He has no choice, he has to pay the money, exactly. Okay, now, now continue. Umetri, oh, I'm sorry. Next Rashi. Right, so basically, Shimon's writing an IOU, and Shimon's saying, listen, I owe you the money for this field over here, and if I don't pay you, you can take the field as the collateral against the money that I owe you. So basically now, Shimon, Shimon becomes a lender, a borrower. Shimon is borrowing basically from uh, uh, the price of the field, he's borrowing it from Reuven, and he's saying, if I don't pay you this money that I owe you, you can take the field. Rabbi, they do this today. It's the seller's holding paper, they call it today. They do it all the time. Uh, listen, don't flaunt all your real estate terminologies. I'm a simple guy. I don't know these terminologies. I, I sit by the books all day long. Title insurance, holding papers. You got the case, Rabotai. Don't, 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 don't intimidate me with all these uh, 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 real estate terminologies. Anyway, you got the case. Let, for us, so I'm joking about it. I'm joking about it. I appreciate <laughs> it. So again, you, you tell me the first guy is called title insurance. The other guy is saying he's holding paper. What is it called? Yeah, when you when you when you when you're uh, when you're buying a property and you don't have money, you ask the seller to hold paper. You tell him, "Listen, I, give me a loan so I can buy your property. I'll pay interest." Okay, very good. Well, that's me buying properties and I don't have money, so I, I can relate to that. <laughs> so anyway, the butai. So the Gemara says, I'm reading the case again. Reuven, Shemachar Sadeh Shimon Ba'achrayut. So again, so that's Reuven's obligation to Shimon. Uzkafan Alav Bimalveh. That's Shimon's obligation to, uh, to Reuven. So the Deen is Umet Reuven. Oh, now the case becomes exciting. 
What happened? Reuven died. Now all this debt and all this case moves on to the yitomim, to the uh, to the orphans. Of course, Murphy's law, what happened? The field was taken away from Shimon. Reuven's creditors came along and took the field from Shimon. He warned them. He said, listen, if somebody takes the field, uh, I'm going to make good on it. Anyway, they took the field from Shimon. What did Shimon do? Shimon said, listen, I owe Reuven the money, right? Instead of giving Reuven the money, I'll just pay this guy and get the field back. And therefore, I don't have to pay anybody. He paid Reuven's creditor. He paid him off. He said, hey, here's the money. Get lost. I want to keep the field. Oh, only problem is that uh, the Yetomim now have the following rule. The law is Reuven the Yitomim can come to Shimon and say, listen, Anan shabak abun Our father left us an inheritance and basically you owe us money. You owe us money, which means that already you owed us. We're not obligated to pay our father's debts from money. We only have to, that's a rule, Yitomim do not have to pay their father's debts from metaltalin, from money. They only have to pay their father's debts if there was real estate. And since they didn't have any real estate, there was no real estate in this case, there were no other properties except that property, so the Yetomim really do not have to settle their father's debts. So you're, who told you, Shimon, to go pay our father's debts? We, we're not obligated to pay that debt. You owe us that money for that field. <laughs> so therefore, he's, the Yetomim can come to, 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 to Shimon and say, pay us. And don't tell him, well, I paid your father's debt. We're not obligated to pay that debt. Once the Uven dies, that debt cannot be, does not have to be paid monetarily by the Yitomim, so therefore they can come to him and say, pay us, the metaltalin, the movables of the Yitomim are not mortgaged to the, to the creditor of our father, so therefore it ends up paying, it ends up happening what? Shimon has to pay twice. <laughs> he ended up paying the debt off for the Uven, and now he's got to pay the Yitomim for the property. The rabbi, the movables here is the money that Shimon owed Uven for the purchase. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. So therefore, unbelievable case so far. <laughs> so therefore, Shimon figured he wants to keep his fields. How's he going to keep his field? Well, let me pay the guy. And then he's figuring, I paid for the field. Now I don't got to pay the Uvin. I paid it, right? I paid the, I paid the, I paid the other guy. I paid his debt, basically, for him. And therefore, I owe the field. The Gemara says, no, you can't do that to Yitomim. Yitomim say, we were not obligated to pay that, by the way. All our father left us is that you owe us that money. And don't tell me you paid the, my father's bill. We were not obligated to pay it from money. And we don't have any properties to pay it either because that's the only property that we have. So therefore you owe us the money. And the deen is Shimon actually has to pay the Yitomim. But the Gibarana gives an advice to Shimon. And here's the advice. If Shimon is a clever guy, which means, listen, he can collect uh, the land, uh, from, 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 uh, let, let them collect the land as payment, which means, <laughs> Shimon says, okay, I owe you money for the field, beautiful, here's, here's the field, take the field, take the field, because didn't he, didn't he collateralize the field against, the, uh, against his, his, his loan? Say, listen, I don't have any money, here's the field. Now what happens once the Yatumim get the field? <laughs> Reuven, remember what he told Shimon, if somebody takes that field, I'll pay you. 
So what ends up happening is the Yitomim took the field. So now what happens? He can take it right back. The Amar of Nachman, V'hadar gavu dehuminayu. Let me, let me explain that again. It's an unbelievable, clever trick here, which we have to remember. Everybody owes each other over here. So therefore, Shimon says to the Yitumim, okay, you want to get paid for the field? Truth is, I told your father that if I can't pay, he can take the field. You know, take the field. So he gives the Yitumim the field. Wait, but then Shimon could say, but your father told me that if creditors come and take the field, he'll pay me. So thank you, I'm taking the field right back. Because <laughs> you're the creditors now that took the field, your father guaranteed me, I can take that karka right back. So he can do this trick over here. Give the field, and then take it right back. And that's and this, is only, this is only if we assume that the field retroactively was in... Well, go slow, go slow, go slow. Don't, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump. Why are you jumping? Da'amar of Nachman, yetomim shegavu karka bechobat abihem, ba'alchov, chozer, vegove otan mehem. That's basically Abdachman's principle. That yetomim, that collected karka against their fathers, you know, their, their, their father died, and their father, you know, had people that owed him money, and somebody paid the yatom, the father's debt, with karka. Oh, once they pay karka, so a creditor now can come along and take that land uh, from them. Because again, land is mortgaged against the father's debts. The yatom didn't have any land. All of a sudden, somebody pays the yatom some uh, land. Also, the creditors, hey, beauty, he has land now. Thank you. I'll take that over there. And the Yatumi cannot say, no, we're not obligated to pay my father's debts. Yeah, in Metaltini, you're not obligated. But you're obligated to pay if there's real estate. Now you have real estate. Somebody paid you, so therefore it goes back to the, to the guy that the father owed. Now the Gemara says, what in the world does this have to do with anything Rabba said? So the Gemara says, If you say that what? that when the creditor collects the, the mortgage property, it's retroactively from the time of the loan. So that's why we understand that why Rav Nachman said that the creditor can now take this property that the Yitumim got as payment from a loan. Because basically it's like that property was by, uh, 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 it's like they got paid when the father was alive. Because retroactively that property belonged to the father. So therefore, since that property already belonged retroactively to the father, so therefore, you could say that the new creditor can, can, can come take it. However, if you're going to say like, like Rava, that if you're going to say, no, it all happens in real time, that the creditor gets the property from here on in, why could this creditor now take it from the Yitomim? We should just say, which in a regular case, let's say uh, Yitomim, uh, uh, the father died, and now the Yitomim go buy a property. The Yitomim go buy a property. They, they have money, they go buy a property. Does the father's creditors not take that property from the Yitomim? Absolutely not. They can only take property that was there from the beginning. So if you say retroactively, the property, uh, 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 when the father had the mortgage, it's considered his. So therefore, that property was mortgaged against the debt. So therefore, when the Yitomim inherit it, there's a mortgage on it, they're ready to somebody else, they have to give it. But if you say that's happening at this point now, when the guy's coming to collect, when, 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 so therefore, it, it's no different than Yitomim inheriting and then buying a new property from here on in. The, the, the creditors have no pro- rights to get on, on a property that's uh, 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 bought post the guy's death. Point is, Rava, make up your mind. You're telling us that what? That everything happens. 
But for this case to work, of Uben and Shimon, it can only work if you say retroactively. So make up your mind. The Gemara says, Shani Atam. That case is actually a little different. The Amar Dehu, Ki Hechi de Mishtabadna le Abuchon, Mishtabadna Name, the Balhov, the Abuchon. This is the, uh, the case of Shabudad Rabbi Natan, which means in this case over here, Ravah will tell you, Rabotai, in a regular case, it's true. The, the property really does not belong to the Baal Hov only at the time that the guy defaults. When the guy defaults and doesn't pay, it happens in real time. That, and it's not, not retroactively. But over here, there's, there's a different mechanics working over here. Over here, clearly, the Shimon can say, which means, Shimon says, I mortgaged this property to your father. I said, if I don't pay, I mortgage it to your father. So Shimon can say, just like I mortgaged it to your father, I mortgage it also to the creditors of your father. And I'm a creditor of your father. So therefore, it's like A owes B and B owes C, so A could say, I'm going to go get paid uh, from uh, C. But the point is that, we'll say it again, Shimon says, this property over here, I mortgage it to your father. Well, by me mortgaging your father, so I owe you, but you owe me. <laughs> because you said that if somebody takes it, I can take it from you. So therefore, that's a simultaneous shabud that takes place between me and your father. Which is just like I mortgage myself this property to your father. I'm reading it inside. This property also becomes mortgage to your father's creditor. And who's your father's creditor? Me. Normally it's three people. You can say, it's ABC. It happens to be this guy is the same guy. It's Shimon. Shimon is the, uh, is, 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 is the one that mortgaged the property, but he's also the, the creditor. He's, he's, he's playing both ends. So therefore he can come along and say that once already uh, the property was mortgaged uh, to your father, I mortgaged it to your father, but it's also a shi'bud on your father's uh, 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 creditors, which is himself, and it's based on the principle of Rabbi Natan, What's the Binatan? The Tanya. The Binatan says, "Minayin lo noshe b'chaveru mane, b'chaveru b'chaveru shemotziin mizev notnim lazer tamud doma b'natan asher asher lo." Unbelievable case. We know this is the case of Shemudah the Binatan. Let's say A um, um, A lends money to B. Okay, very simple case. A lends money to B, and B lends money to C. So A can go to C to get paid. Now, Lechaura, C could tell A, well, I have nothing to do with you. What are you talking about? Where, where, where are you coming to me? I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, uh, borrow money from you. I borrowed, borrowed from B. But A can come along and say that since uh, I have a uh, collateral on B, a mortgage on B, I have on his, anybody that he lets also, there's a mortgage against that as well. So therefore, just like B owes A, anybody that B owes becomes uh, mortgaged to, to A as well, so therefore A can go to C. So that's the B Natan's rule over there. A lends money to B, B lends money to C, A has the right to demand payment directly from C without involving B. You can skip uh, B over there. Oh, so what does that got to do with our case? Our case, it's a Shimudad B Natan, it's just it's two people. Because Shimon is, 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 is exactly, Shimon is playing, is playing for both sides. Shimon in this case over here, 
is um, is is, uh, is is BNC <laughs> exactly. He's BNC, which means Shimon owes uh, um, owes uh, Reuven, uh, but Reuven also owns uh, 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 Shimon because he, he came along and said that if the property is taken away, I'll pay you. So therefore, it's, it's owes B and B owes A. Right, exactly, exactly. So that's also a Shimon Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Natan. So basically, what is Rabbah saying? Rabbah is coming along to say in this case, Rabotai, uh, don't question me. I really hold that, generally speaking, all Shi'amudim take place in real time. At the time that the loan is defaulted, that's when the property moves to the uh, Malveh. But in this case, since there was a double Shi'abud on the, on the onset, so therefore, uh, uh, Shimon could come along and say, that's just like uh, I mortgage this property uh, 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 against what I owe, but the mortgage also is against those people that owe me, and you, and that namely me, because you owe me the property if, if, if somebody t- took it from me. So therefore, that's all built in uh, from the loan originally. The Yabara then questions Rabbah from our Mishnah. Tiran, nukri shehilva et Israel al kamso. Okay, simple case, our case. The Goy lent the Jew money before Pesach. Okay, the Jew lent the money. And the Jew put the Hametz as a, as a Bahana'a. So we say that what? After Pesach, the Hametz is permitted. Now, So if you say like Abaye, that the Mafreya, the Hametz belongs to the creditor, so that means the Hametz was the Goy's. So therefore, the Hametz was the Goy's, that's why I'm told Hakim Mutar Bana, that's why it's permissible Bana'a, because our Pesach did not belong to the Jew. Already it's considered the, the Goy's from the beginning. However, if you go like Ravah, Mikarul Havahu that no, that the Hametz doesn't move only until the default. The Chaurad, the default was after Pesach. So the Chaurad, the Jew owned that Hametz throughout Pesach. Am I Mutar Bana'a? Bersutad Yisrael Very simple question against Ravah. How could you tell me that when the Jew collateralizes his Hametz against the dead, that it's mutar bahana'ah. If you hold that what retroactively the hametz belongs to the goy from the beginning, okay, so I understand why it's mutar bahana'ah. But if you say that mikanun haba, the kaurab throughout Pesach, this hametz was in the Jews' uh, reshut. So it's a question against Rabbah. So Rabbah will say, no, generally speaking, it happens in real time when the debt is, when the loan is not paid. But here, the Jew actually. Uh, uh, gave the Hametz to the Goy. So it was in the Goy's possession. Here he know. It's not enough that he just mortgaged it, but he actually gave it to the Goy. And said, if I don't pay you, here's the Hametz. So it was in the possession of the Goy. Ravah agrees, when you actually deposited it by the uh, Goy, it's considered his from that point. When was Ravah saying that uh, it's, it's considered uh, uh, the Jews? When he just mortgaged it, but he didn't, uh, he didn't give it to him. Here he did two things. He mortgaged it and he deposited it in the possession of the Goy. And therefore, when he didn't make due on his, on his, on his payment, it was in the Goy's possession already. Therefore, we consider it even retroactively throughout Pesach was in his possession. So therefore, it's mutar behana'ah. The Yabara says, yes. This question and answer we just had from the Mishnah. Yes, uh, yes. It's on both cases, not just the Resha. The, the, the question is only quoting the Resha, but it's both cases, I would assume, right? Yes. The Yabara actually now is going to quote the Resha in the next in the, in the next, uh, in the next piece. You'll see coming up, the Gemara is going to quote both parts of the Mishnah, actually. Let us uh, say that actually uh, this uh, is a Mahloket uh, Tanaim. Why? 
We have a brighter. The brighter is going to be in both cases. Yisrael shehilvan lenokri al chemtzo. Okay, so what happened? Yisrael, a Jew lent uh, a goy money before Pesach, and uh, the goy's chemtz is the collateral. Beautiful, the goy's chemtz is the collateral. Lehara Pesach, after Pesach is over, eno over. After Pesach is over, he doesn't uh, over. The Jew is not over on that chemtz uh, over there. Mishum Rabbi Meir Amru, but Rabbi Meir says over. Oh, so here we have a now. Again, we're talking about the Goy's Hametz. The Goy's Hametz is the collateral. One rabbi says the Jew is over, and one rabbi says not. What's the Mahloket? My rabbi come a pligi. Must be we're going to say the Mahloket is like this. The Mor the Mafreya, who go Obviously, the Bimi is going to hold it's retroactively. And therefore, if you say it's retroactively, the Jew owned that Goy's Hametz retroactively throughout Pesach. Therefore, the Bimi says over. And Mar Sabah, Tarakamama sold what? Mikarul Habahu Gobe. And if you say that it happens at the time of the fall, since the time of the fall was after Pesach, therefore it was not the Jews over Pesach. So therefore he says, it's not Asur Bahana'ah. So basically, again, the case was a Jew uh, lent money to a Goy. The Goy collateralizes Hametz against that uh, loan over there. And we have a Mahlok. And Mimi Ir says, the Hametz is Asur. Why would the Hametz be Asur? Because you say retroactively, like Abayeh. That means the Jew owned that Hametz retroactively throughout Pesach. And Tanakhama is going to say, no, he doesn't own it retroactively. He owns it when the, the, the loan was defaulted, which is after Pesach. And therefore, Sarah Subhana'a. The Kibara says, wait, here's the Sefer coming now. Is that explanation uh, uh, logical or sound? Emma Sefer. I bring you a question from the Sefer. Aval nochri shehilvali Yisrael al chemso. It's the reverse case. The nochri lent money to the Jew, and the Jew collateralizes Hametz uh, against the uh, against the loan. Lehara Pesach, Devrei Akol Over. It says after Pesach, everybody holds. Rabbi Meir, Antanakama, that the Jew is Over. Now wait, Veha Ipcha Mivale, which means Chaura. Whatever they held in the first case, they should hold the reverse in this case, which means Leman Deamar Hatam In Over. Which means Tanakama over there that said what? In the Vesha case. Eno over because you say everything is in real time. So everything is in real time. That means the Jew in this case owned the Hametz. His Hametz was in his possession on Pesach. So it should be over in that case. And Leman Demar Hacha over. And Leman Demar Hatam over. And the opinion originally that said over, meaning because. Why? Why? Because the Jew is the lender over there. And he says over. Why is he over over there? Because we say it's retroactive. So the Chaurah, in this case over here, it's retroactive. That means the Goy on the Hametz. So the Chaurah, which means it, it, it should apply in both cases, the reverse. Whatever you hold in the first case, of where it's the Jews Hametz, should be the reverse result when it's the Goy's Hametz. The point is, if you, let, let, let's say very simple. Let's talk about the retroactive. If you hold, everything's retroactive. So then, when it's the Jews Hametz, or, or the first case, when it's the when it's when it's, when, it's, when, it's, when it's when it's the Goy's Hametz, so if you say retroactively, that means retroactively the Goy's Hametz was in the Jews Leshut. So if it's in the Jews Leshut, it's gonna be Asun. Right? And now let's go the other way. If it's the Jews Hametz and you hold retroactive, that means retroactively it was in the Goy's Leshut. Therefore, should be mutar. Which means it, it, it all depends what's what, what, what's the case. But if you hold retroactive, one case is gonna be mutar, one case is gonna be Asun. But here, the Braitha is not saying that. The Braitha in the second case is coming along to say that uh, if it's the um, uh, uh, the Goy lent the money, 
and the Jew put his chametz as collateral, everybody holds after Pesach Oved. Why? Why Oved? If you hold retroactively, then they, it goes back to the, uh, it belongs to the Goy. So it should be not Oved. That's right. It should be the same Mahloket. It should be the same Mahloket. Why is everybody saying over here, Oved? So therefore, obviously, you're not learning the Mahloket correctly. So the Gemara goes to Amul Bet and says, you have to say that the case of this Braita, again, the Hamez was deposited with the lender. And therefore, when you add that factor, that it wasn't just it was mortgaged, it was deposited. Now let's go read the Braita again, and it'll make sense. The argument over is with the Biyitzchak. What's the Biyitzchak? Wow, this is unbelievable Hadushia. Balhov. <coughs> Balhov is a creditor. So what does the creditor do to guarantee that he's gonna get paid? He takes a collateral. So the Hadush over here is when he takes the collateral, the Biyitzchak holds, he's Kone that collateral. He owns that collateral. He acquires it. How do you know he acquires it? Shine'imar which means, now let's say the guy pays back the debt. The guy pays, but you have to give back the collateral. He paid you the debt, you gotta give back the collateral. So the Torah says, when you give back the collateral, it's considered giving charity. What do you mean charity? Why charity? <laughs> so the Gebrah says, Im eno kone mashkon Why is it considered tzedakah? El apshad is, because he owns the collateral. Since he owns the collateral, when he gives it back, it's, I'm giving you charity. Here, take, take your collateral. It's really my collateral, by the way, but take it back. So therefore, the Bitzhak holds that when the Jew gets a collateral from his friend before the loan is paid, it's his. So when he gives it that's back, that's it. He know. That's it. He know. That's it. He know. It's a collateral. He has it in his possession. So therefore, it's considered his. So therefore, it's considered his. Okay. So therefore, when he pays it back, the Torah calls that tzedakah. Right. So now, now let's 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 use that principle now and, and go back to the Brayta. Again, the Brayta had two cases. Now we give the first case in the Brayta. What was the first case in the Brayta? The first case in the Brayta was what, Rabotai? Israel lent the Goy. That's right. The Jew lent the Goy, and uh, the Goy's Hametz is the Kalam. So Tanakama Sabar, Tanakama says, Hani Mili Yisrael Mi Yisrael. When do we say that a collateral is considered owned by the one that's holding it? That's when it's a Jew to a Jew. However, why? Because it says in the Pasuk, who the Karin and the Kaudkati, it's a Daka. Abal Yisrael Menuchri Lokane. When a Jew takes a security from a Goy, he doesn't own it. Oh, so therefore, what happened? The Jew lent the Goy money. The Goy gave the Jew the Hametz. Oh, he has a collateral. We don't say that the Jew owns the collateral of a Goy. The Jew only owns the collateral of a Jew. So it wasn't his. Even if he know, even if he gave it to him. Doesn't matter. We don't consider it that the collateral belongs to the Jew if it's the collateral that's emanating from a goy. So therefore, it's not over. <coughs> it's not in the Jew's possession on Pesach. says, If a Jew can acquire a security from a fellow Jew, so he holds, for sure he can acquire it from the goy. And therefore, when the goy gives the hametz to the Jew, it's the Jews. Therefore, he says, he's going to be over Hametz on Pesach. But the second case, uh, so I mean, that's going to be the Mahloket. Do we say this Chidush of collaterals by Goyim? Aval nochri shel ba Yisrael al-Hametzo, the reverse case, 
The second case, the Jew, the, sorry, the Goy lent money to the Jew before Pesach. And what? The Jew collateralizes Hametz against the loan. And what? The Jew gave the Hametz to the Goy. So the Jew's Hametz is by the Goy. Why? For sure, the Goy doesn't own that Hametz. The Goy doesn't own that Hametz, even though he had it. It's in his possession. And therefore, since he doesn't know, meaning we could say that a Jew might own the Goy's Hametz, but a Goy's not going to own the Jew's Hametz. It's a collateral. And therefore, that Hametz, even though it's in the Goy's house, is still considered owned by the Jew, and therefore, he's going to be obeyed. That's why it's the Vreh Hakol. Tenan, we have a Mishnah. Our Mishnah. Nochri Shilvai Yisrael al The Goy lent money uh, to the Jew, uh, uh, and the Jew put his hametz as a uh, collateral. Oh, so we say over here that after Pesach, this hametz is mutar bahana'ah. Now, nehi he no it's law. What we say, the case is talking about where the Jew gave it to the Goy. So it was in the Goy's possession. But wait, I don't care if it's in the Goy's possession. You just told me that even if you give it to the Goy, it still belongs to the Jew. Because the Goy does not own the uh, collateral of a Jew. So therefore, Why does the Mishnah say that when the Jew gives the Hametz to the Goy as the collateral, that, he, that, 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 that it's going to be mutar uh, Why is it mutar? We just learned that when the Jew gives the collateral to the Goy, it still remains by the Jew. The Goy doesn't own the collateral of the, of the, of the, uh, of the Jew. So why does the Mishnah say mutar La kashya. We're adding a new factor to the case. Which we did now Mishnah, not only did he give it to the Goy, the Hametz, as a collateral, but he told them, and if I don't pay you, you own it from now. Okay, he told it to him. <laughs> you own it from now. <laughs> so basically, he explicitly stipulated that concept of Me'akshav. So, so now you got to learn the case of the Mishnah. The case of the Mishnah was, the Goy lent money to the Jew. Very nice, it happens. And now what? The Goy says, I want a collateral. The, 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 the Jew says, fine, Hametz. And not only that, the Jew took the Hametz and gave it to the Goy, put it in his possession. But we said that doesn't mean anything. A collateral that's being held by a Goy that belongs to, to the Jew is still the Jews. But in this case over here, the Jew added another factor. And he told them, and if I don't pay, it's yours from now. Uh, so once he stipulates Ma'akshav, then it belongs to the Goy, therefore the Jew is not going to be over. So there's a difference if you say Ma'akshav or not, that it belongs to you from now or not. Where do you see this difference? Where do you see that, uh, that uh, difference when you say me'akshav or not? The Tanya, we have a brighter. Okay, what happened? Uh, the Goy gave the Jew a loaf of bread uh, as a security for, for a loan. The Jew, again, the Goy gave uh, the Jew a loaf of bread. As a security. Okay, the Jew is not over on that. But if the Goy tells the Jew that what? Well, it's yours. It's yours from now. Over. 
Now, what's the difference between the cases? If he tells them it's yours, my shinah desha, my shinah sefa. What's the difference? El alav shma mina, shani yehecha, de amar lehem me'akshav, lecha de lo amar lehem me'akshav. Which means, if the Jew, going just gave it to the Jew, so in that case over there, we're going to say what? It doesn't belong to him yet. It doesn't belong to him yet. Mashaykin, if the goy told the Jew, me'akshav, uh, me'akshav already means it belongs to the Jew from now, therefore the Jew's going to be all there on Pesach. Shema mina, there's indeed a distinction between me'akshav or not. Okay. Rabotai, we will come back after Shah. Okay, Rabotai, we're continuing on Lamed Aleph Amud Be, Tanur Banan, Hanut Shel Yisrael. So we have a, a store owned by a Jew. Umilai Shel Yisrael, and the stock, the merchandise is also owned by a Jew. Upoalim Nochrim Nichnasim Desham. And you have uh, goyim that come into work. So the employees are goyim. Now you found hametz in that store. So the question is, does it belong to the employer, which is the Jew, which is his merchandise and it's his store, or does it belong to the workers that are goyim? So the Gemara comes along and says, Asur So I guess you assume that it came from the merchandise. And since the merchandise is Jewish, so therefore, it's Hamesh Sha'abar Allah Pesach, Asud Ba'ana, Be'en Sarikh Lomar Ba'akhira, goes without saying that you cannot eat such Hamesh, because again, it's the Hamesh of a Jew that went through Pesach. Let's go to the reverse case. Hanut Shel Nukhri. Now you have a case where the store belongs to the Goy, Umelai Shel Nukhri. And the merchandise also is the Goyim's merchandise. Upo'alei Yisrael Nechnasim Yosim Hashem. And the workers are Jewish. Hamesh Shel Nimsas Sha'amahara Pesach Mutar Ba'akhira. So the hametz that's found in that store after Pesach is mutar. Of course, again, we assume it's from the merchandise. And the merchandise is the goyims. And therefore, it's hametz of a goy, Sha'avar al Pesach. So it's mutar ba'na'ah ve'en sarich lomar ba'na'ah. Mutar ba'achila, and goes without saying, it's mutar also ba'na'ah. Now let's go to the next Mishnah. Hametz shenafla alav mapolet. So you have hametz, so a, a ruin fell on it. Okay, therefore, it, uh, a rubble, it's under the rubble. So the law is We consider it as if you got rid of it because you can't get to it. It's under the rubble. So for all practical purposes, it's as if you burnt it. And therefore, it's like you removed it. Rabban Shimon Gamliel makes a... I'm sorry. Rabban Shimon Gamliel makes a condition. That's only talking about where the door cannot get to it. So it has to be deep enough that the door cannot you know, unearth it. But if the door can get to it, so then already it's not considered mevo'ah. Let's read the Rashi on that if we have. I think we do not. No, that's it. Do not. Okay, let's go further. So Rav Chazda comes along and says that even though we said when the rubble falls on the hametz, that it's considered like it's mevo'ah, but he still has to make bitul. He still has to make me two. We have a Rashi on that first wide line. Sadiq Shi Batim Bidibo. Ah, which means it's possible that they can, they can you know, move the gal away, move the rubble away on Yom Tov. Or Halam So if they move it away, then the Hamit is revealed. So it's not, it's not Mivu'ad anymore. So therefore, even though it's under the rubble now, you have to be suspected it might get un, unearthed. And therefore, the deed is you have to make, uh, you have to make a, uh, a bitul. Okay. So basically, the bitul gets it out of his uh, gets it out of his possession.
Okay, continue. Tana kama hafisata kelev. Shloshat tefahim. So we said according to Rabban Shimon Gamliel in the Mishnah, he said that as long as the door can get to it, so it's a problem. So the question is how deep, how much rubble does it have to be where the door can still get to it? So it says three tefahim. So once it's more than three tefahim deep, already the door is not going to unearth it. We have a Rashi on that. No. The Gemara then says, Amadir Abahabirid Rav Yosef, the Ravashe. Had Amar Shemuel, Kesafim Enaim Shemira Ela Bekarka. So he made a statement that said, the only way to protect your money is to bury it in the ground. That's the best place. You want to hide your money? Hide it in the ground. Mi Ba'inan Shiloshat Tefahim Olo. So we say, does it have to be three Tefahim or not? Is it like Hametz uh, or not? So maybe Hametz has a smell. He smells the food. So therefore we have to put a three tefahim to take it away from the smell of the um, of the of the dog. However, but when it comes to money, you're just burying it to conceal it from the uh, from the thief. You don't need shlosha. The dog's not gonna sniff the money, he's not a, a sniff uh, what do you call it, a dog smelling uh, you know uh, that, that that's trained to smell money. So the Gemara says, says Vekama. So how, how deep do you have to bury the money? According to Shemuel, he said, Raframbar Papa from Sikra said Tefah. That as long as you put a Tefah under the ground, it's considered protected. We did Rashi Kesafim. Oh, that's the key. Rashi's saying it's a Pikadon. So the one, you're, you're watching it for somebody. So you have a responsibility to watch it correctly. So therefore, you want to be a responsible watchman. So therefore, you're putting it under the ground because that's the best place to watch it. The question is, what's considered uh, 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 responsible? How much under the ground do you have to put it? When it came to Hametz, we said three tefahim, but the Gemara says because there's a smell, and therefore the dog will hound it. When it comes to money, no, I'm not worried about the, the dog uh, smelling it. I'm worried about somebody finding it. So the Gemara says you only have to put it in a tefah, and if you put it in a tefah, you consider you considered a responsible shomer. Rashi. Ah, you see that? If the Shomer did not put it in the ground, he's considered negligent. Which means when you're watching somebody's money, the Gemara said, put it in the ground. And if you left it somewhere else and you didn't put it in the ground, it got stolen, you're considered negligent. You have to, you have to replace that money. So it's a halakha that's over here. That the best place to protect money is in the ground. And the Gemara says, the Shomer Chinam Right, even if he's a watchman, it's not getting paid. The law is that the Shomer Chinam is obligated on negligence. Kesaf Mishum Necha. Right, the dog smells it and it's going to dig it up. Mesichra is the name of a place. Rabbi, if a person is a pikadon for food, then he would have to. Right, right. If, if, if that's the best place to store it, you can probably store it somewhere else also. But yes, if yes, if you're putting it in the ground, food would be three to because the dog would sniff it, and therefore you didn't protect it correctly. All right, there you go, Rabotai. The end of the daf was much easier than the beginning of the daf. Have a good day.